episode 781. The Green Bay Packers signed not one, but two tight ends in free agency. They also saw a couple veterans part ways from Green Bay. To discuss the comings and goings in free agency, we talked to Josh Goldberg of WCLO in Janesville. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're discussing free agency. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the show today. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We have Josh Goldberg of WCLO in Janesville joining us for an interview. Enjoy. Right now here at Railbird Central, we're joined by Josh Goldberg, sports director of WCLO in Janesville. Josh, how you doing this morning? Good, Brian. How are you? Very good. We're glad you could join us on the show. Uh, Josh, to, to our, let our listeners get to know you a little bit, could you tell us about your role at WCLO and what it's like to be a Packers Radio Network affiliate? Well, yeah, we've been a Packers Radio Network affiliate uh, in Janesville for as long as I can remember, and this is I'm just wrapping up kind of my first full year with them, even though I started back part-time when I was just getting into radio at 19. Um, I just recently replaced the sports director there. had been there for 36 years, guy who had kind of taught me the ropes um, and that kind of thing. So I basically schedule all the sports games. We're also an affiliate of the uh, the Badgers, the Bucks, the Brewers, and we cover a lot of local high school with uh, two high schools in town. So organizing those games, I do play-by-play for the basketball, um, the football games, and also some uh, some boys baseball and girls softball. So it's uh, it's a full-time gig to be sure. Yeah, that sounds pretty busy there when, when you're affiliate of pretty much every local or statewide sports team there is. But, uh, Josh, we got a lot of Packers news to get to here, a lot happening in free agency since our last episode of Railbird Central. I don't know how much you were paying attention to social media at the time, but what was your reaction when you heard the Packers broke off talks with Jared Cook, and would you have liked to have seen him back in Green Bay? Well, at first I was a little annoyed, and then I was a little irritated, but then when I just kind of stepped back, I guess I really wasn't surprised, Um, just because I know that the tight end market for free agency hadn't really been set yet. Um, I know there were, you know, a a few lower-tier tight ends who had had gone some places, but Green Bay generally isn't a place under Ted Thompson that sets the market for that kind of thing. So I would assume it would have gotten, you know, into a situation where, Cook thought he was worth more money. Ted Thompson didn't see it that way, and they just decided to part ways because um, Ted being Ted, he probably had options, and we saw it with uh, with Martellus Bennett uh, a little bit later on. I, w- I would have liked to see Cook back in Green Bay, but it's one of those situations where you can't overpay for somebody, and you need to let the market set itself and dictate what a player's value is worth, and it's not worth messing up your salary cap by signing two or three guys that is going to eat up the enormity of that cap space. And I don't think Cook would have been one of those cap busters, but Ted apparently thought that um, what Jared wanted was a little bit too much, and so he decided to move on to option B and option C. 
Yeah, it, it seems like uh, elsewhere in the NFL, it, there were some lower tier tight ends that kind of almost seemed got overpaid a little bit, was which was interesting. Um, but the question about Jared Cook is a good preface to, to the new guys that I want to ask you about. The Packers caught everyone by surprise when they side Bennett. What do you think his impact on the Packers offense will be? Well, I think it'll be a lot of the same effect that Jared Cook had on the offense, really able to open it up for some of the receivers, uh, allowing a lot more one-on-ones with, uh, with Adams, with Cobb and Nelson, uh, you know, playing a little bit more uh, single safety. Um, because, I mean, he's guaranteed to be more athletic than those opposing linebackers. And, and Bennett, I think, is one of those guys who you, you saw his talent when he had a quarterback like Jay Cutler. I mean, he had 90 catches in 2014 and caught six touchdowns. And with Tom Brady, he had his highest touchdown production but only caught 55 balls. Uh, last year, and that was after Brady missed, you know, the first chunk of the season. So, I think it's going to be one of those things where you don't know really how talented either a receiver or a tight end can be, or how valuable they can be to an offense until you get somebody like Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. Because we saw Cook, who had fairly pedestrian numbers. I mean, you remember when he was signed, everybody that was kind of a uh, an anti-Thompson kind of guy thought this isn't a big deal. His stats aren't that big and then look at the year and look at the production when he finally got on the field that he provided for green bay so i think bennett could be a lot of the same um type of uh production value that cook brought to the table and i honestly wouldn't be surprised if he can stay healthy if he didn't have his best year of his career yeah i i think he's an upgrade over jared cook even uh you alluded to options a options b for the packers at the tight end position so similar question here for the addition of lance kendricks how do you think he'll complement bennett in the packers offense well i think it'll be a, a like a great sleeper option because we've seen green bay when they have the ability when they don't have a lot of guys on injured reserve which has been you know just abysmal for the last few years Kendricks, to me, now gives the offense a sleeper option. Well, they're either busy focusing on Bennett and the rest of the receivers. It gives more depth also uh, when they want more of that five-wide look. And to me, there's not as much as a drop-off uh, if Green Bay has to go to a guy like uh, Geronimo Allison or anything like that. I mean, they've got you know, proven pass catchers. I mean, Kendricks has had pretty good numbers with not playing with uh, an elite quarterback as well. I mean, he had his... His best year last year when he caught 50 balls, granted his touchdown production was, was very minimal. Um, you know, he only caught two. But, you know, the Packers are a pretty dangerous team in the red zone when they can have options. And I think having those two tight ends will be absolutely huge in the red zone um, for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's exciting to think about what will happen in 2017. Uh, this tight end talk almost seems like old news, uh, even though it was only a few days ago. The the news on, on Sunday, uh, uh, Josh, what, what was your reaction to T.J. Lang signing with the Lions and the prospect of the Packers now seeing him as, a, as an opponent twice a season? Well, I mean, that's, that's obviously not, not very pleasant. I mean, I didn't, I didn't like the fact when Josh Sitton got released so late in, uh, at, you know, in training camp and then he went to the Bears and you had to see him. He was, you know, injured for one of the matchups, but you saw him for another one. And, you know, everybody lost their mind <laughs> when Sitton was cut. Um, but it turned out to be pretty good because the Packers had some decent depth this year and the injuries weren't as much of a problem. But I guess I wasn't surprised when Lang 
signed elsewhere. Detroit, you know, in the division, apparently that's what players seem to want to do when they leave Green Bay is they want to sign with the Vikings or the Bears or, or the Lions, which, you know, is a little bit weird to me. But, again, I'm not in that position. But I know it's to me it's rare that Thompson brings back an offensive lineman that costs a pretty penny um, unless there's absolutely no surrounding circumstances. Um, you know, the depth isn't an issue now. Lang's coming off a hip surgery. And I guess Detroit offered T.J. $3 million more a year, um, similar three-year contracts, but that, you know, that's an additional $9 million uh, over that contract. So, I mean, you know, if, if you're T.J., I guess you wouldn't even think twice. You know, he's from that area. So you, you can go back there. But, you know, the offensive lineman and Ted Thompson, to me, that, that really grinds my gears, and it, it really has since he came in and, I can remember way back when in his first year he cut loose Mike Wall and Marco Rivera, a couple of pro bowlers, and, you know, Aaron, you know, the, the offensive line was in shambles for the next few years until they finally built it back up again. So I guess I'm not really surprised that they let Lang go, but I don't think it's going to be that much of a problem as some people might think it will be. Well, that leads me right into my next question here. How do you think the Packers go about replacing T.J. Lang? Who's, who's going to be the starter at right guard now? Well, that's a great question. I mean, Green Bay has, has loved to, you know, stick offensive linemen in different spots. You know, Treader's gone as well. I think that one hurt a little bit as well. So those two losses, um, obviously, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I know they just re-signed Don Barclay. They've drafted a couple of linemen in the last few drafts. I, you know, they're going to have to do that. And then for the rookies, it's going to be trial, trial by fire, and you just pray that there's not an injury that, that would decimate and have to shuffle up that lineup because, you know, you've got your, your most valuable player back there, and uh, that's one thing you can't – to me, you can't really afford to tinker with too much, but apparently there's, there's confidence in the executive offices that uh, Green Bay would be just fine. Who knows whether they might sign, you know, another offensive lineman that's out there um, or, you know, use a, a top draft pick, but who knows. Yeah, think, you'd think at some point they're going to have to add something else here, whether it's free agency or high in the draft, uh, some avenue mm-hmm. to, to get another body in there to compete at least. Uh, but, Josh, Eddie Lacy was visiting the Minnesota Vikings over the weekend. Do you think he'll come back to Green Bay or not? That's a really good question. That seems like one of those market um, situations as well where you let where you where he feels a lot of teams out. I know he's taken a couple of visits. Um, he was scheduled to do a medical uh, in Green Bay. I don't know if it was going to be necessarily an interview contract talk type of thing, but you know I said this earlier this week. What right now you have two running backs on the roster. They re-signed Don Jackson to a qualifying offer, and now you've got Ty Montgomery, and he's been in the position less than a year. So they haven't re-signed Lacey, they haven't re-signed Kristen Michael, and they released James Stark. So I have no idea what's going to go on at running back. I mean, obviously they're not as valued as they once were, uh, unless you're one of the premier backs in the league, and I'm I'm not sure that Lacey is, but that could be, again, a situation like Jared Cook, where Lacey thinks he's more valuable than what Thompson's willing to pay him, and they're waiting to see how the market um, dictates what Lacey's value will be. Um, he's coming off of a, you know an injury, so that's something to play in. I don't know whether he's going to be back in Green Bay or not. I do know that if he doesn't come back, then there's probably a little bit of work that's going to need to be done on finding another um, lower-tier running back, and you definitely will have to find some guys in the draft because 
right now those two running backs that are on the roster, you, you need a little more than that. Yeah, a lot of holes that need to be filled in the draft here. Uh, uh, offensive line and running back, and uh, obviously they need some help on defense as well. I, I suppose they can forego adding a tight end now at least. Yeah. Uh, but, Josh, Julius Peppers officially won't be back after signing with the Carolina Panthers. Do you think the Packers made the correct choice in allowing him to walk away? Well, I think sooner or later Peppers is going to run out of gas and you just need to play that card whenever you think it's time. And uh, Ted obviously thought it was time, combined with the reduced snaps that he'd been seeing the last couple of seasons and only in specific pass-rushing packages. Um, And right now the money that he's being paid clearly didn't line up with how much production they were getting from him. I know Carolina gave him three and a half billion dollars as an as an option for uh, for next year, but right now the problem is having to replace him. So I don't know how they're going to do that um, because you know you can let these guys go for financial implications, but to me, if you don't have anything in your back pocket, that just creates more pressure on you leading up to the draft. And I know that Thompson probably doesn't feel any of that. I don't know whether he feels pressure to replace guys at all. But I think it's, it's just more financially motivated, and I don't really know if you don't have anything waiting in the wings to step up in place of a guy. I don't really know how you can make the majority of these moves, but clearly they thought that you know that money value being attached to him wasn't worth it. Well, speaking of waiting in the wings, I, I'm not insinuating that this is the next Julius Peppers, but the Packers have reportedly reached out to free agent defensive end Connor Barwin, would you like to see him in Green Bay, and for what price? Well, I wouldn't. I, I would love to see anybody in Green Bay that can rush the passer effectively, because I don't think you can really have enough pass rushers. And right now, the way that secondary is looking, um, putting any sort of pressure on the quarterback is going to help mask that inexperience and inferiority that you got back there with uh, with Ladarius Gunter and um, Randall and Rollins. So you're going to need all the pass rushers you can. But uh, Barron had his lowest production last year since 2011 and he missed that year uh, due to an injury so he might be on the way down but I guess if you if you give him maybe three four million a year maybe two or three years I don't think that's necessarily a problem um, but but you need some production out of out of a free agent if you're going to bring him in but again the key there is to not overpay and you had mentioned that you know some of the tight ends got some silly money and uh, I think across the board, I'm not sure whether we've seen a lot more free agency dollars um, being having contract totals as big as they are than we have in years past. Um, but I know that you'll never get that out of Green Bay. It still wouldn't surprise me if you if you see in maybe another week or two some signings after the market just levels off and teams are getting done right and checked. That, uh, that Green Bay can still bring in some guys that may be able to lend a hand. Yeah, a lot has transpired in free agency and still a few dominoes to fall yet. Josh, thank you so much for giving us some time to talk about free agency here this morning. Greatly appreciate it, and uh, keep up the good work at WCLO. Thank you, Brian. My pleasure. Thanks to Josh Goldberg for joining us here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning, and thanks to you, the listener, for joining us as we continue on with the show. Today's show is brought to you by B-Rock, Madison's forthcoming craft beer bar, of which I am the prospective owner. We've started a GoFundMe campaign to raise startup capital for the project and hope you'll consider contributing. Here's a clip we created for the campaign. Please take a listen. (laughs) 
everyone, this is Brian Caravu, and hopefully sometime soon you'll know me as the owner of Beer Rock, a craft beer bar in Madison, Wisconsin. You might be asking, what the heck is a Beer Rock? Well, it's the family recipe of my wife Amanda, and it's going to be the signature item on our menu. In its simplest terms, a Beer Rock is similar to a pasty, except better. It's a savory pastry filled with beef, sauerkraut, onion, cheese, and seasoning. At least that's the traditional version. We also plan on having other various interpretations. How does a Korean birok with pork and kimchi sound? To make this a reality, however, we need your help. We're looking to get a small business loan to do all sorts of things like lease a property and buy all the equipment we need. That's why we set up a GoFundMe campaign. Your donation will go towards the equity needed to secure that loan. Once that's done, the dominoes will start falling. Best of all, we've created several reward levels to thank you for your generosity. They range from branded t-shirts to free food and drink on premise. So please take the time to explore and thank you for your consideration. We hope you become one of the founding members of B-Rock and Bottoms Up. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment, uh, going over the contracts signed by the Green Bay Packers, either players they've signed or players who have left Green Bay, and starting with the most recent free agency move here that impacted the Packers, offensive lineman T.J. Lang signed with the Detroit Lions for three years. Uh, the contract total was $28.5 million with $18 million guaranteed. That's a pretty good contract for TJ Lang. A lot of money guaranteed there, which was the real nice thing from his perspective and something the Packers weren't willing to match. Um, it, it makes it difficult because, you know, kind of going through it now, what are the Packers' options at right guard for replacing TJ Lang? And I'll say this, I, I think... If you ask me, and I know some of the people in the media already have kind of poo-pooed this idea, but if you ask me, the top option, the first option for replacing T.J. Lang in the lineup should be sliding over Brian Balaga from right tackle and placing Jason Spriggs at right tackle. Now, understandably, this of course assumes Jason Spriggs is ready to take on a starting role in 2017. We saw in 2016, his rookie year, he wasn't ready for that kind of responsibility just yet. He was the Packers' like 6th, 7th offensive lineman off the bench, somebody they carried on the roster all year and played sparingly, actually got a little bit of playing time when T.J. Lang was hurt this past year. But uh, you can look at Jason Spriggs and just see he's a tackle. Uh, he's got a tackle body. He's got very good you know, athletic ability, mobility, the kind of guy who's good off the edge, I think can mirror pass rushers, or at least you hope that's the case. He was able to do it in college, big step up from the pros. He's got to put on a lot of strength. He did not have the strength necessary to hold up in the NFL in his rookie season. But this is why the Packers invested so heavily into uh, into Josh Jason Spriggs last year. You know, they intended him, 
by trading up into the second round for him to become a starter in this offense. Now, obviously, if if he ends up being a bust, it's it's you don't do it. You you keep Brian Balaga at right tackle, and I understand there's a lot of things working against it, and that Brian Balaga has no experience at guard, and you're putting a new person next to him out at out at tackle, and those are just not easy moves. But I mean, if if your plan is to put the five best offensive linemen out on the field. That would be the way to do so. I, I mean, you're hoping that Jason Spriggs is one of the five best. So if I'm the Packers, I make that move now. I really do. I, I kick Brian Blaga in because the sooner you do that, the sooner he's got an entire offseason to prepare at right guard and Jason Spriggs at right tackle, the better off the Packers are going to be. Now, if it doesn't work out, can you can you totally switch at, at the last moment? Can you switch sometime in training camp? Can you switch before the start of the regular season? Brian Balaga's played enough at right tackle that he shouldn't need a ton of time to get used to back playing playing back out there. That that wouldn't be a big deal if you had to make that switch. Now, I keep an open mind about it, obviously. There's other options the Packers have. The other kid that they drafted in the seventh round last year, Kyle Murphy, he may very well be a candidate uh, to start at right guard. I think he's an ideal right side of the offensive line kind of player, either guard or tackle. Seems to me that's the best place for him. Uh, Instead of fooling around with the left side of the offensive line, just let him be a right side, you know, focused on that. And if he ends up, you know, kind of really coming on in his second year in the NFL, that would be great. I'm just, you know, not putting all my eggs into one basket and guaranteeing that they got a a um, a legitimate guard. I got, you know, a lot of these guys have played tackle. Spriggs has played tackle. Murphy has played tackle. The kid they kept on the practice squad all year last year, Lucas Patrick, he is a true guard and had been at the college level. And, and you know, he may end up being a candidate as well. Again, it's just one of those things. Are we going to guarantee it? You know, a guy who was not good enough to make the 53-man roster last year. Are we all of, a, all of a sudden, is he going to be a guy who can step into the starting lineup? I sure hope so. Uh, but again, I'm I'm not going to go out on a limb and make that guarantee. I think the best option is for the Packers to kick Brian Balaga inside and, and try it out. And like I said, the sooner you do it, the sooner they, they get back into, into OTAs, you know, right at the start in April, do it so he gets comfortable there. It's going to be difficult. I've seen the quote from Mike McCarthy uh, from the NFL Combine. I think it was shared by Rob Domovsky of ESPN where he said, I, I don't even want to think about that. Well, you know, tough. <laughs> you know, it, it, it is a tough decision, but I think it's also in the best interest of the Green Bay Packers. Now I'll say this as well. The, the the future starter on the offensive line could be found in the NFL draft. And I'll throw a name out there for you. Forrest Lamp of Western Kentucky uh, may very well, now that T.J. Lang is left, be the first-round draft point pick of the Green Bay Packers at 29th overall. 
Uh, it's probably a little bit high for a guy you expect to play guard, but he's not going to be around by the time you the, the, the next pick comes around at the end of the second round. Now the Packers could do something like trade back in the first round into early in the second round, grab him then perhaps, maybe. He's just not going to last all the way to the the end of the second round till their second pick. So if they if they want an immediate starter there, that may be the pick. And he's pretty. I like this kid a lot. He played left tackle at Western Kentucky. Uh, they've won the conference, I believe, two two consecutive seasons there in Western Kentucky. Really had an explosive offense. He was a big part of it. He was six foot four, which worked at you know in the group of five level of college football, probably not going to work out in the pros. He could certainly be uh, an emergency tackle like J.C. Treader was for the Green Bay Packers. But Forrest Lamp, he's going to kick inside. Would be nice if he could be a kind of guy who could who could cover all the interior positions. He could maybe start at guard, but it, hey, if there's an injury at center, maybe he could go there as well. That would be new to him. Uh, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole too much here about guys who aren't even on the Packers roster yet but keep that name in the back of your mind that's that one's up there especially if guys like Hassan Reddick of Temple are off the board and and things like that so uh but there you go Forrest Lamp keep that name in the back of your mind uh the other uh contract uh figures for the Green Bay Packers here uh the guys they sign go over the tight ends here Martellus Bennett he got a three-year deal for $21 million with $6.3 million guaranteed signing bonus. Again, according to Rob Domofsky of ESPN is where I saw the figures. I'm not sure I've seen anything definitive on Lance Kendricks yet. Um, but I was a big fan of both these signings for the Green Bay Packers. Both of them came out of the blue. Who, who the heck out there predicted this? Nobody. <laughs> You know, predicted this is the way the tight end position would would play itself out. You know, most people thought Jared Cook would be back. Uh, Martellus Bennett is an upgrade over Jared Cook in my eyes. Uh, I mean, he's done it. He he won a Super Bowl with the Patriots this past year. He's going to be a great fit in Green Bay. He's going to be the seam stretching tight end for the Green Bay Packers, the way Jared Cook was, but better, more consistent. He can be. He's bigger. He can be a bigger blocker for them as well. At least I hope he will. Um, but yeah, as far as being an athletic tight end, he's going to be the guy that's going to open up everything else for the Packers from from Nelson to Cobb to Adams. This is going to be one fearsome wide receive, not wide, but just receiving group in general for the Green Bay Packers. And Lance Kendricks is going to complement that very well. Two very, very different types of tight ends. You might as well not even call Lance Kendricks a tight end. You might as well call him an H-back. He's going to be lining up in the backfield a lot for the Packers. Kind of one of those pseudo fullbacks, but a guy who can go from the backfield to running a route. He's going to do that and get a lot of short routes for the Packers, a lot of underneath stuff. But a good athlete to do that kind of stuff when you're lined up against linebackers and things like that, he can win those battles. So you've got Lance Kendricks underneath. You've got Martellus Bennett over the top. Aaron Rodgers is going to have his choice of who the heck he's going to throw the ball to and and be in good shape either way. You'd like to have the deep completion first, but if you don't have it, you just get the underneath completion and keep try to keep the chains moving. 
Uh, really like what they got in Lance Kendricks. It makes Richard Rodgers the number three tight end, which is fine. I've kind of always said on the show, he's Richard Rodgers is number three tight end. Um, and, and that's a good role for him. Uh, you, you know, he's, he's probably not going to be a big part of the Packers offense. The, the Packers front office identified he's not the answer. We need help. That doesn't mean cut him. Uh, there's that's he's 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 a good insurance policy. He's a fine number three tight end. He's a good red zone target. He's a good uh, uh, a guy you you trust is going to catch the ball. A good pair of hands. Uh, and if one of these tight ends goes down with injury, Richard Rodgers can step up in the pecking order. Uh, but that's that's a good role for him as a number three tight end. And uh, but really excited what what the Packers got here. Lance Kendricks coming off a career high 50 receptions for 499 yards and two touchdowns last year with the Rams. He was cut with two years left on this deal, so he's not going to be part of that compensatory pick formula. Um, But yeah, the uh, overall the compensatory pick formula looking good for the Green Bay Packers. Um, You know, the only guy they signed that's an unrestricted free agent is Martellus Bennett. So he's going to cancel out one of the signings, you know, when that when when those comp picks are handed out next year. But the Packers lost T.J. Lang, who's going to fetch him a real high one. He's going to be a third rounder, maybe a fourth rounder. Um, but then they lost Micah Hyde and J.C. Treader and Julius Peppers. So so the Martellus Bennett signing is going to cancel out one of them, but not all four of them. So they they still have three right now with the opportunity to get another uh, if either, you know, Jared Cook signs a contract with another. I mean, he will. It's just a matter of how much uh, a deal he's going to get now that a lot of the tight ends have already landed in places and, uh, you, you know, dollars are being eaten up. Jared Cook isn't probably going to get as good a deal as he had hoped. And maybe... Uh, never really played it right with the Green Bay Packers. Kind of hard to see behind the scenes and don't know what happened. I would have loved to been a fly on the wall uh, when his agent was talking to the Packers, but I will never be that lucky. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, uh, if if the Packers lose either Eddie Lacy or Jared Cook, that they could count in that comp pick equation too. But the Packers in line to get you know, as many as four extra draft picks next year. I never would have thought that coming into free agency. Uh, quite remarkable. Um, but yeah, that leads us into the next segment. The day ahead. On Monday, Packers running back Eddie Lacy, or former Packers running back, his contract is now expired. He will visit the Packers according to the agency that represent him's represents him sports trust advisors who shared the information on twitter lacy had a meeting with the seattle seahawks over the weekend and left minnesota on sunday evening according to espn leaving green bay the only location left on his itinerary he left both seattle and minnesota without a contract offer to my knowledge unless it just came to light since the beginning of the show if you're wondering why Lacey is coming to Green Bay, it's likely because his he, he doesn't make his off-season home in Green Bay, for one. And you can safely assume the primary purpose of this visit is a checkup on his surgically repaired ankle. The, Packer, the Packers are going to want to know the extent of his recovery if and when they sign him to a contract. 
and they they will probably very well talk to him too but there's there's not much more the Packers are going to learn from talking to Eddie Lacy that they don't know already for a guy who's been with them for four seasons um so now that the first weekend of free agency is over that might have been considered the first wave of free agency and now we're on the second wave um you know the biggest outstanding free agents for the Packers are Eddie Lacy and Dayton Jones um uh, you know Brett Good is also there in the restricted free agents J. Rowan Elliott Jordan Tripp we're gonna kind of monitor what happens with all these players now now that the big names have have either left or been added to the Green Bay Packers roster now is now is when you kind of fill out the roster and get see what's going to happen with these role players here so that's what we're going to watch on Monday and, and the rest of the week for that matter um, as we kind of get to the period here where we'll, we will start transitioning away from free agency and getting more deeply into the NFL draft, although we'll certainly cover free agency whenever it is applicable and news arises here. Uh, but it's only going to kind of uh, slow down from here. But it was quite an exciting start to free agency. Really interesting to see the Packers make these moves, adding Martellus Bennett and Lance Kendricks at the tight end position. I think it's going to be great for the Packers' offense if they can find a running back here to uh, complement the passing game, which should obviously be good. Uh, so a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Lot of, I, I, it was so enjoyable over the weekend watching the Packers kind of make all these moves, and, and even with the losses that they have, getting draft picks in return. So uh, it, it, I thought it was exciting and hope you feel that way as well. Uh, but that'll do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you everybody so much for joining us this morning. Uh, thanks to Josh Goldberg of WCLO in Janesville for being our guest. And we'll be back again on Wednesday. Railbird Central airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, which is the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. Um, that's it, folks. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiravu. We'll see you later. I leave you today with a song called Can't Wait Another Day by the String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go Pack Go.